That that was so. the perfect answer. Thank you, Jack. I was actually trying to get you to put the same. I believe in luck, by the way. I was getting you you to put the same hex on on the two other good teams in the league, <laughs> Joe, and, and a mission that you did on Tim. Thank you. <laughs> Prepare to lose, motherfuckers. The system will defeat itself. Nothing stays in a steady state. It overheats and melts. It only feeds itself. The system. Yo, I think it exists. Just because like a pit eats his pups. Eats his own litter up. The system's fucked. It's corrupt. It's for his own survival. It's genocidal. No place of origin. No beginning cycle. Let's occupy all streets. It's crazy to think. In the 80s, I wanted mix. In the bins to listen to Michael. And Grand Poopa Maxwell. And get cash while I'm sipping on drinks. And Nike sweatsuits and Gucci links. I'm like a Russian mob figure. I'm mad low. In the shadows, pick up the shadow. D- D- DJ Shadow arose to throw blows. Can't see me, but now it's moving the fastest. I'm a 3D movie, no need of glasses. I'm a 3D movie, no need of glasses. Hold your breath for 15 seconds. Close your eyes, cover your ears, do not listen. Try to feel what I'm saying. To make you feel is my new expression. Hold your breath for 15 seconds. Close your eyes, cover your ears, do not listen. Welcome to Atlas Bacht, a weekly chronicle concerning the mundane, weird, and maybe even sometimes dramatic happenings of a simple fantasy baseball league. This podcast captures the thoughts and musings of Greg, Joe, Jack, and Tim, four of the ten owners in the league. This is episode 17, entitled, Jack Swagger Fights the Gods. Okay, welcome to episode 17. Hello, Big Low Key. Joe, how are you? Howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy. I'm doing fine. Hello to the Godfather, JT. How are you? What's happening, fellas? Doing well, thanks. Beautiful. And the loquacious GCC, what's happening? Hey, boys. Uh, Good to be here. Good to see you back, Joe. (laughs) We just lost Joe. (laughs) What the fuck, Greg? The irony. It was nice having you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, wherever you are, stay alive, no matter what occurs, and we will find you. Let's take a quick look at the games, and this was an interesting week. We had a lot of fun. I think, Greg, you'd sent out a text uh, late in the week about a lot of nail biters, and you were right on it. I'd like to start uh, with your game against Lethal Injection. So Lethal Injection visited Blondie. A loss for Lethal Injection, 51.4. A win for Blondie uh, at 53.5. Second best points in the league this week. So that's a that's a big, strong win and a nice. start of a streak of your own. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so Chris Bryant, in losing the effort, third baseman for Lethal Injection, put up a 6.8 points. Ramos put up a, uh, in this case, strong 3.4 for Lethal Injection in the catching position. And the Indians are currently have got at least 11.2 up right now. They're down to Detroit, so we'll see. That win-loss might move that number a little bit, but still a strong, strong week from the Indian staff. On Blondie's side, Springer. Wow, the spring has sprung. Woo, 10.8, the outfielder for Mr. Blonde's heroes. Strong, strong effort uh, on a day that you needed it. You were bemoaning uh, Sundays Mm -hmm. last week, and I guess this week you're pumping your fist. Matt Wieters put up a two, which... At this point, it's, again, probably the average of the catcher <laughs> score this week. And the Yankees put up a week 5.7, mm. but it didn't matter because your team rocked. And, you know, um, we talked about George Springer. Jose Altuve put up a 9.8. 
also an Astro, and that that team is flying high. Greg, come on, man. You're back into this thing, aren't you? Well, I mean, just like last week, I don't know if I'm back in it, but yeah, it's fun to win. Um, I was watching the scores closely, is doing it? some wild card calc. Yeah, wild card calculations but with omission commission uh that I'm, we're going to hear about soon uh going away and, and even saying low cash uh picking up victories or seeming to pick up victories if all the games are final then uh you know i, I just the math doesn't work out for me but it does feel good to win and, it, and this is the sure team uh that I, I i'd like to to build and i and they're a young team it does make me think that maybe I should go and try to get a pitching staff because God, I keep waiting for the Yankees to start winning some games and just putting up some sevens or eights. But uh, week after week, they're just getting worse. It seems. So uh, I don't know what to do about that other than just to enjoy the moment. I got a pitching staff. If you want it, um, I won't ask a lot I, for it. I do as well. Mm, interesting. Actually, that's a fucking insult, isn't it? He, Cause he knows <laughs> he's going to the playoffs and he wants to give you a pitching staff. No, no, actually, quite the contrary. I um again, <laughs> when you tra- <laughs> when you traded uh, Posey, obviously we we have record that I made a, a huge deal about it, and and at the time I wasn't all that excited with with um what, you, but you the the moves you made since then, you know the the, the those two Astros are are absolutely nasty. Um, Sano is, uh, has been a good pickup and then you got, you know, uh, a couple of guys just, just having career years. They continue it. They continue it. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, you know, uh, I'm going to play to win. Um, I will think about making a move if I think that there is a realistic chance, but you know, I, I know how everyone rolls in the league and to get a decent staff, if you show that you have weakness or you, uh, are wanting you know, you're, you're, if, you're, if I'm not in a good position to bargain, then I, I, I'll probably have to give up too much, so I'm not going to. But we'll see. We'll see I'll, what happens. Hey, look, I'll, I'll give you the Astros for Chris Davis. I don't have Chris Davis. Oh, oh sorry. All right. <laughs> um, on the other side of the coin, um, you know, Mikey, 51.7 is a, a, a solid score. I mean, he may even get a little higher than that with the Indian staff. So as Tim knows that you know it just it sucks to score that much and and take a loss especially in his situation because the guy below him didn't break 40 and got a win and gained a game on him in his division so like i said uh, uh, both of these teams (laughs) both of these teams are solid okay congratulations thank you so let's go over to the Dreamers and the Funkin' Punks. The Dreamers went to the Funkin' Punk Stadium and they lost. They put up 42.25. The Funkin' Punks won with 44.65. For the Dreamers, uh, Justin Bauer. We talked about him and the trade they made with Pops a few weeks ago, their first baseman. Also their top scorer this week, 6.6. Gary Sanchez just lays a dump at 1.6. And the Diamondbacks finally show some cracks in the armor and put up a 7.05. The Funk and Punks on the other side, Jay Votto. JV, definitely playing varsity this week. First baseman put up a 7.6. He's a common uh, name called out on this segment of the uh, podcast. Uh, Perez, our favorite catcher from a personality standpoint, and certainly we like more him more than Buster Posey, uh, put up a 4.4. And the Blue Jays put up a 6.25, which I thought was pretty high for giving up 19 runs today. But uh, 6.25 doesn't matter they win they get another w in the column and the dreamers take it on the chin 
This is an important game on a number of levels, uh, but I think most importantly for the Dreamers' loss. Does this change your view, Jack, in terms of the Dreamers' team and and uh, maybe their potential for postseason play? They are the 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 type of team that that's going to get the the twos, um, you know, along with those those surprise sixes. So I think we you know we talked about that. They have the the potential. They could do it, but. You know, Sanchez is a, a perfect example, the kind of guy that, like I said, could absolutely win you a game. Um, but when that guy can get you a 1.6 as well, those are the players that, that I essentially try to stay away from. Not that there's a lot of guys that consistently get four or better, uh, but there are, you know, you, you, you have those players that, that will give you the big scores, give you those wins. Um, and when they do drop off, they drop off to, you know, 2.8 or 3.4. On to, you know, one of the most boring games of the week, Bad Street and St. Low cast stink fist. This is one of those someone had to win. Uh, Bad Street lost. They they visited St. Low cast. They lost with a 30.9. And then uh, St. Low cast wins with a 38.6. How about that, guys? Uh, 38.6. D. Gordon for Bad Street, middle infielder, put up a 6.4. Alex Avila, the catcher, put up uh, a 1.4. And the Cubs, wow, 3.9. That's just, um, well, he's not in it for this year anyway. Uh, St. Locash, uh, Eric Hosmer, uh, the DH for uh, the Stink Fist, put up a 5.4. Grundal put up a 2.2. What would you actually say? Above average 2.2 for this week. And the Angels put up a strong four. Did anyone even look at this game at all this week? I mean, even maybe the owners? Uh, I, really. I had to do some research to see who the starting shortstop for Bad Street was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating. I don't know what the T stands for. Tyler Wade. I don't Tyler either. Wade. He's hitting a robust... 83. Yes. Well, and I looked at his bench. It's, it's, it's got it's like the Bermuda fucking triangle on his bench. Like I, I was like, I was thinking to myself, why didn't he start Aledmus Diaz? But like Aledmus Diaz had zero points, but he's not injured. Uh, yeah, he why didn't he start the guy from the Mets? He had like zero points for the week and they're not injured. What's going on? Yeah. Not, uh, not a, not a, uh, not a strong squad right now. We were making fun of the dreamers. And the Dreamers scored 12 points more than Bad Street. Well, it's all about expectations, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> Low cash, on the other hand, with a, a unimpressive 38.8, is uh, is now playing 500 ball yeah. for the season. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's, so that's interesting. That is, there is a game of chance that, here, right? I mean, that, that's yeah, fucking a. Um, gotta be frustrating. <laughs> it's honestly. It's beautiful, guys. I have no stress. I haven't been in a season like this in a yeah. long time. It is it is honestly pretty relaxing. Um, no joy either. Uh, there's no joy, but no pain, right? You know, it's ah, kind of like good medicine. You know what I mean? Just kind of sitting, sitting sitting by a brook listening to uh, Enya now on Sunday afternoons as opposed to... I mean, like there's other things going on during the baseball season. It's absolutely amazing. Um so let's move over to uh, the 47 Kamikaze visited Omission Commission. The 47 Kamikaze lost with a 51.7. Uh, the Omission Commission with the top score of the week, once again, uh, 55. 47 Kamikaze tied for the third best score this week. Uh, their number one player, Giancarlo Stanton, he of high HQ, the outfielder, 
put up a 9.6 uh, and knocked in two home runs on a Sunday. That was good to see. Mm. Uh, Mike Zanino, my sexy pick for catcher, put up a 1.4, and the Astros put up a 7.9. And uh, Omission Commission just, um, you know, over the last several weeks, really have done it done a sermon's march through the league ben intende another high mm. hq player outfielder Sexy. put up a 6.6 real muto put up a strong 4.8 at the catcher's position and the cardinals the oft what what's the word i'm looking for we we just <laughs> ripped them apart for weeks taunted, yes taunted yes. they have done damage the last two weeks have been critical ever ever since mikey uh claimed them to be good they've, cla- uh, they've two weeks a- ago right yeah, so the, the next two weeks, right? So I got to call Mikey and ask him to to pick some of my guys, I think. Um, no, hey, big, big win. And actually, the Cardinals went into the National Stadium in real life and kicked the shit out of the Nationals. I, I think I described their roster on the week one preview show as soul-crushingly depressing to look at. And now look at them. <laughs> For all the bloggers well, that he haven't heard that. two sevens and a six on the bench. I was going to say, look at the bench. I mean, this this... This is getting a little scary. What's Fam's new nickname? Yeah, right. Five point Fam drops a seven point four. You know, is this team too hot too soon? What do you think, Jack? I mean, there is such a thing. He, you know, again, he he has some of those guys as well, and like fucking out there, really. Um, you know, four point two is is you know a solid score. Shebler is um is another guy that that you know is performing above expectations, but continues to do so. The guys on his bench, almost the same. I, I could see them dropping off, but they're not. Um, Shaw, 6.4 again. Um, that guy's just a, a fantasy stud now, I guess. I just realized a couple of things. If I had 100 cents for every time Jack said Posey, I'd be a baller right now. I'd I have a fucking... in love with a guy. Oh, my God. Okay, and then number two... Alther, didn't you just drop him unceremoniously? Yeah. I did, yes. Absolutely. So fuck you for doing that. I was within three points, and he puts up a 2.2 today. Uh, and then Rendon puts up a 2.2, and Shaw puts up a 2.2. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I was I was thinking, all right, all right, I'm going to start doing some damage, well, boys. I'm going to start knocking some people out. Mm-hmm. The guy that was in that spot a week ago is, is five-point fam, so it would have been worse <laughs> for you. So I, I helped you out. Well, I saved you a little embarrassment, man. You know, I, you know, kudos to Scott, and he's put together a great team and uh, surprised us all. But I, and this isn't just me being mean spirited, although I enjoy that for its own sake. Um, you know, I do wonder the second half swoons. These, like I said last week, these are younger players who have maybe finally gotten into full time roles, and uh, they could continue to tear it up. I mean, they're professional athletes, of course, but uh, there does seem to be that baseball grind that seems to be a real thing. And so I wonder if uh, if some of those key contributors on this team will succumb to a second-half grind. No, I, I think every single one of them except Benintendi. He will not. He's he will just looking. continue to rise. He is. He had his birthday this week, too. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. But uh, No, we missed it. What'd you send him? 23 <laughs> years old, dude. What were you doing when you were 23? I know what I was doing, and I was not a fucking a superstar. <laughs> That's not what you were doing at 23, right? That's what you want to send him for a present, right? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. all right. Just wanted to make sure. You were in a metal hairband at 23, though, weren't you? Uh, not at 23, no. I was uh, I was much younger. Um, it was my teenage years. Ah, so you were already burnt out by then. 
Like you're, you're I was. Star hit. I was. <laughs> That's awesome. Living in Chicago, loving life. That's what you were doing? Yeah, I was making, um, I got a big raise from $320 a week to $400 a week. And I was the master of the fucking universe. I had everything I needed, seemingly. They never wanted for anything and, and was happy as a pig and shit. That would be the best drug, wouldn't it? To to like be able to be transported to that moment in your life where it was all just clicking for you. You were young, healthy, virile. You thought you were smarter than you actually were, and it was okay, right? <laughs> you could take down beautiful women like nothing. Like that, that is yeah. like there is no better drug than if someone invents that drug. Right. Billionaire. Billionaire. Trillionaire. Like (laughs) gazillionaire. Like you'd have Jeff Bezos spit cleaning your shoes for you if you could invent that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, omission commission. Um, Stay hot, but don't stay too hot, brother. All right. So now for the game of the week. Dun, dun, dun. Two streaks Mm. meet. Two big fighters. Clash the Titans. This was it. Like this, I don't know if there'll be a game like this. Joe, we missed you on your spirit quest last week. We thought that might have given you the edge. But no, Jack's Wax Pack walks into your stadium and wins. Dodgers. So Jack's Wax Packs, 46.75. Reardon Metal, 43.8. The Dodgers did phenomenal at 14.55. I think that officially is the highest score um, that we've seen from the pitching staff. But uh, Ozuna in the outfield put up a 6.6 for your hitters. And then Molina, a 3.4. Again, consistently strong, above average, 3.4. For Reardon Metal, McCutch, an outfielder Mm. for the Pittsburgh Pirates and also for the Reardon Metal. He is back. It's real. It's real. Uh, Do you realize he's actually the highest scoring player on my team for the season? Uh, it's amazing what he's done. I mean, basically now the first half is he's had exactly two halves of the of the first half, and, and right. two hundred after the that first quarter of the season, and like four fifteen after the second quarter of the season. He's always been a June July guy, but uh, yeah, he's back, man. Wow, in the August of his career. So Andrew McCutcheon seven point eight, and uh, he who Jack will not name put <laughs> up a one point four, and mm. the Nationals. Joe, it's either 13 points or 7 points, and you got a 6.8. The Nationals have let you down like every other resident of Washington, D.C. since their existence. Yeah, they're, uh, they haven't done very well the last couple of weeks. It's, uh, it's not uh, entirely their fault that I lost. It's, it's my management. I, I made a bunch of wrong choices this week based on matchups that I thought were better. And they absolutely was, I was absolutely wrong about several. Joe set his lineup while uh, sitting in a sweat lodge on a beach <laughs> in South Florida. It's amazing that the Wi Fi even worked, but goddamn, it did. We did get bursts of photos, so I don't know if it was full Wi Fi all the time. There was that Loch Ness monster picture of some shady figure in the, in the water that I don't know who that was. I don't remember that picture. <laughs> I think Greg thought it might be Pops, but we weren't fully sure. Oh, yeah. Could have been the uh, cardboard cutout. I had a Buster Posey on the boat. Ooh. You have one of those, too? <laughs> when Jack goes on vacation, or I'm sorry, when Joe goes on vacation, he just takes photos, none of his family and friends. He takes photos of random other strangers at the beach. That's what he posts on Facebook. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not sure where that was going, but that, that's more that's more confusing than uh, than Joe's uh, text last night. <laughs> Loki was hammered last night, was he not? I I mean, if we actually read it right now, it would be it would it would be it would be like a Borgias novel. It would be so kind of out there that how much did you drink last night, Joe? Enough. I typed in some of those texts into an old Enigma machine online, and uh, and then I had this morning I had the Secret Service knocking on my fucking door. <laughs> At one point, it was pretty much Greg and I talking to each other, and you throwing in random comments, which were hilarious <laughs> but completely unintelligible. We weren't speaking in code, or or the no, gifts no, we were, we like were sending were were clear as can be, and he was like. A balloon. It was like, yeah, yeah, Joe. That's what. That's the picture I just sent. Like he was identifying the that's, pictures that we just sent. That's right. You came up with a new game show. Yeah. Uh. yeah name that gif. A guy whose hat falls off. Yes, that's right. Thank God your your eyes uh, deduced what that is. It's kind of sad because my gift game was strong last night. I was feeling good. I'm I am that guy. Uh, the fucking. You gotta understand. I don't know who half of those people in those gifts are. It's more the expression on their face. Don't try to get too meta. Um, <laughs> so let's look at the standings. The Griffey division, Jack's Wax Packs, 11 and 3. Dude, dude, like, are you using up all your luck now? Are you at all a little worried that maybe, like, all these wins? I know, I know, know a win in fantasy baseball is actually nothing. Like, it, it, it's like twice removed. It's not even like a derivative right. connection, right? Right. right. But, do you so, do you get like do you just want a loss before just so you know like shit I don't want to go in the playoffs not having lost generally what yes and no um, no because I don't believe in any of that bullshit like like luck doesn't exist but um, you do want your wait wait do you do you think luck does not exist or are you saying it's bullshit to think that luck does not exist I, I think that luck does not exist okay got it. So that said, you're you're when you're on a winning streak and you're heading towards the playoffs, you do want your guys to have their valleys. You want them to have their dips because you know that it's coming. And the cool thing about my team at the moment is it's it's not about my players right now. Um, it's about the the seventh staff pick. The Dodgers are carrying me. My guys are having their dips. Paul Goldschmidt got a two point eight this mm-hmm, week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dickerson has suck for a couple weeks few weeks and i've left him in there cabrera hasn't fucking done shit this year (laughs) um and uh and i'm just riding them so uh the dodgers are my only concern um i god forbid lose a a a big arm there or um no i do have the red Sox, and and, and since i got them it's funny you know you we, we talked about it on the podcast when i grabbed him and i said you know a lot of it was was to stop someone from getting them but Greg. it's it's the wonderful thing that i have right now because i'm literally so far have been able to go from uh, uh kershaw having two starts a week uh to um wolf like do you really <laughs> what the fuck's his name uh, jesus christ a uh, total blank jesus Boston christ can pitch pitcher. a badass game <laughs> he really really can you know what dude it's so funny you don't even know the names oh, of the sale. pitcher <laughs> I just, I oh, well, so I have a question for Jack, though. So let me let me turn yeah. uh, Tim's question a little bit. So, okay, so you're not worried about necessarily losing a game or the luck or you know that the streak or anything like that at this point in time, knowing that you know more more of the teams in the league than not have a chance of making the playoffs. 
who who are the two teams, the one or two teams, you know, don't get too deeply into the math or who might make it or who might not, but who are the two teams that you are, would be most concerned about? I was about to say fear, but, but Switzer doesn't fear. I know you're going to say that, but don't, no, don't not, say no, that. He's not going to say no, that. You're out of it. Yeah. You, you have no chance. Uh, two weeks um, ago, I had a chance. No, 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 Tim. Two weeks, ago, two, weeks. two weeks ago, everyone else had a chance to beat you. You were the uh, assumptive champion. But That's, now if, you're if I go undefeated the rest of the way, I could actually have a winning record. All right. This isn't about Good. you filibustering, Tim, this about your team. True. This is my question to Jack. Who Who is he most afraid of right now? Or not afraid. That's the wrong, that's the wrong word for, for Jack's team. But who are you most uh, – who, who do you think the two toughest teams you wouldn't like to I, face in the playoffs? I I beat Joe this week by seven points, seven and a half points at pitching and scraped out a three-point win. Obviously, Joe, um, I have a letdown with the Dodgers or his Nationals perform at a level that they were, and he fucking walks away from this with a victory, hands down. And omission, uh, again, if they're those guys are able to keep doing what they're doing, you can't argue with fucking 50s. So, Jax, 11-3, the Griffey division. Um, I don't see the flag flying behind him yet, but I guess he's still got those guys working on it. Blondie moves into second mm-hmm. place. Sole possession of second place at 6-8. and eight. That's a strong 6-8, and eight too, by the way. The Punks and 47 Kamikaze are in the basement at 5-9. and nine. The Bonds division, lethal injection at 8-6, and six, is only, has only had a one-game lead against St. Locash at 7-7. Seven and seven. Forget Bad Street, but man, oh man, you know, Mikey did put up some good points this week, uh, but he's got to be looking over his shoulder at uh, Chris's team. Chris's team is getting that kind of fluky, non-luck, luck kind of moves where he's playing the right teams at the right time. And sometimes that makes even more difference than than anything else. Yeah, no, absolutely. Again, I, you know, I made a joke about it last week, but, you know, Chris got a win again this week with a a four from (laughs) Angels. Shit, at this point, it, really might make sense for him to come back after Boston. <laughs> He's got a fucking shot at this point. He does have a shot. The McGuire division, Reardon Metal, is tied with Omission Commission at 9-5. and five. The Dreamers are still there at 500 at 7-7. Seven and seven. Joe, I, I, I kind of gave you a lot of crap last week uh, while you were gone about complaining. I think I know what you mean now. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because... I was sitting sitting around thinking about this for the last couple of weeks. I'm actually starting to rethink the way I put my team together because what's happening to me right now has happened to me several times in the past. Mm-hmm. I'll have this really long winning streak concurrently with either you or Jack doing the same thing. Mine always ends before yours do. And then I'll have a short losing streak and then I'll come back and, and I'll win a couple of games and I'll, I'll make it into the playoffs. I think that happens because if, if you look at my my overall scores, you'll, you'll find that they're pretty consistently the same. In other words, I don't really have really high-scoring weeks for the most part or really low-scoring weeks for the most part. I mean, there are anomalies here and there, but it's I've, I've always kind of strived to have a, a fairly consistent group of players that, that put up a good amount of points every week. I know that, that sounds simplistic, but I don't like guys that are really streaky you guys tend to live with those sorts of players and you constantly win. And it's, it's, I'm just sitting here thinking about it and just wondering if maybe I should try that. So is that a real baseball 
versus fantasy baseball phenomenon, Joe, where you're building, I mean, obviously with the number of teams we have in our league, we're, we're, we're getting the best players, obviously we're right. all great players, but are you building, are, are you bringing in like a traditional baseball mindset? These are, these are, you know, consistently really strong players. Well, uh, I think it's, I, I think it's more, I think it, it probably has more to do with, with power versus a, a, a high consistent on base percentage and, and some speed. That's what I tend. I love the guys like Altuve. You know, you get a five out of him every week. You know what you're going to get. You don't have to worry about it. You know, unless somebody gets hurt. Um, you miss them, don't you? Oh God, yes. You know, even Trout fits into that mold, even though he's more of a power guy. He's he's still you're consistently going to get the same thing from him week after week. And uh, I've I've just always stayed away from the other kind of players, but. You know, an eight-game winning streak in the middle of the season and you don't win a championship is pretty useless. So maybe it would be better to, to win two out of three, two out of three, two out of three. Well, dude, from the most knowledgeable five and nine owner out there, you're number three in the power rankings. You're fucking, your, your breakdown is pretty damn solid. You probably shouldn't overthink it too much. And yeah, yeah. you you've, you won, lost one game out of, Four without trout. So well now two. This is two. Yeah. Oh, he, two. He that's right. Lost that's to right. Scotty that's last right. Week. That's right. Oh, I thought you had it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No. no, no. Yeah, Scott yeah. now has yeah. the second longest winning streak. Right. It is now five. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but I'll, you know, I'll take a two-game losing streak if I win the last, you know, the the next eight or nine. Well, Trout's hitting in the minors now, right? Yeah. So yeah. I mean, if you went. If you went three and two over five game stretch without Mike Trout, that's pretty damn good. And you're still ranked third in the power pole. You probably drop may you may drop one um in the power pole. If you did, it would only be one. Joe, other than Trout coming back, obviously, you know, that's gonna be a huge addition through health. Is there is there a position on your team that you would you you've been disappointed with over the last few weeks, or you view as a weakness, or is it your bench strength, or, or what what what's your or is it the pitching? What's your weakness right now? Well, I'm concerned about the Nationals bullpen. They they just absolutely have sucked for a few weeks, and you know I I, I keep hoping that they're going to make a move to, to shore that up. They will. And my outfield is I, I look at my outfielders now that McCutcheon is is. Back to his old self. I, I'm a little less concerned about that. I did bring up Tapia to put on the roster for next week. We'll see how long he stays up. I also have Bradley Zimmer that uh, I can bring up too. But, you know, they're all kind of the same player, kind of what I was talking about before. They're, they're, they're consistently doing the same thing week after week. So it becomes a little more about who they match up with. A um, interesting stat in the, the standings. Um, that's come to places, um, not to add insult to injury, Tim, but um, if you look at the highest score for the week, Tim actually leads the league with four weeks. So four times Tim has had the highest score, five of wins, so four, those four and then one other. Um, but the now, after this week, the, the team that will have the second most highest score for the week is not myself is uh is going to be omission with three um i've done it twice and and the dreamers have done it twice actually 
uh, omission will now for the third time have the highest score of the week and two in a row, right? Yes. Jack, I know you're not trying to, you know, add insult to injury, but this maybe this is just kind of an aside, but if you ever change your team name, I think you should can strongly consider the the wound salters as your uh, as your team name. <laughs> Jesus. No, no, Tim. Jack or Joe lost two games in a row now. Uh, you know, he really should be concerned. Uh, Tim, Come to I, think of it. I, I, I let, me, uh, let, me, let me mine some data I'm here. It's really make me feel bad. <laughs> I texted him earlier and, and said, Jeez. boy, these, these Dodgers are great for the eighth pick. And the text I got back was, well, it was a seventh pick. Yeah, so I'm curled up in the ball, bleeding in the parking lot, and he is still kicking me in the I, head. That just just to give was, you an idea. In fantasy, of course, that's not real. That was yet. for Scott. Scott, that was to give Scott props over Scott. myself. Just so I had to mention that you were there. It'd be wrong to talk ah. about statistics and <laughs> start at the top, right? And I want to give somebody else a compliment. This is going to be extremely painful for you to hear, though, the compliment that I pay to Scott. Hold on. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah, so in the wild card, Joe, I'm sorry, but I had to put you in the wild card standings. Uh, you and the Mission Commission are tied atop at nine uh, and five. Uh, the Dreamers and St. Locash are tied for second place uh, with seven and seven, and St. Locash at seven and seven, so both at 500. And Blondie, uh, third place in the wild card at six and eight. And um, I think, uh, you know, ready to make some noise in there. But you know, Tim, even though I'm six and eight, your points for. And points against are both superior to mine. Yet I have a better record. Oh, sorry, uh, Jack texted me that. He wanted me to read it. <laughs> it's okay, man. It's okay. You've heard of calluses, right? I have calluses around my heart uh. now, so it's totally fine. I'm totally good. I, I, you know what though? I am gonna fuck someone up in the ne- in the last few weeks. I, I just, I, it's got to happen. Like someone's gonna be feeling good, and I don't even know who I play. Who, whose world am I gonna fuck up? Let's see. Probably end up being mine. I'm just pointing out the fact that your team's due for a fucking letdown. You're scoring 50 points during your losing streak, so your team's actually due to start dropping the fuck off at some point. Uh, Oh, gee, look who plays Tim next. It's Greg. Uh, No, 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 no. It's it's Bad Street. Fockers, if you're going to Vegas, put money on Bad Street. (laughs) You'll get great odds. And it's a three-game week, so sure as shit, Bad Street. Is gonna fuck forty seven up. I don't know. You just had you just had so many nope. good scores against you this year. No, no, no. It's you know, it's it's what happens. I've seen other teams have it. I've never really experienced it. This was this was good and humbling and it it is. I mean, and 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 I'll drop it after this. But <laughs> it, I, it, we've seen it happen. But this is a fucking anomaly. This is something that. Uh, again, it, coming from the guy that just said, I don't fucking believe in luck. I, this is, uh, it's a fucking anomaly. Man. It's just, a, it's out fucking, I've never seen anything like it. It's, it's, it's really interesting. It's explainable week to week. It's just tough to explain all the weeks. Uh, situation as well. It's um like I said, it, yeah, just uh, a weird coincidence. How How much changing do you think you need to do to your roster? Zero. It's it's not his roster. Yeah. It's the schedule. That, that, the beauty of all saying. this is that he took over as commissioner, so he's responsible for the schedule this year. So <laughs> <laughs> every other year would be my fault or your fucking fault, Joe. There you go. All right, gentlemen, so let's take a break, fill up our drinks, 
and come back. And uh, I'm sure we'll have some good discussion about the futures game. Uh, more talk about the juice ball. Guys, this, this stuff is becoming a big story. I know Jack and I were talking about this several episodes ago. Jack has been staying on the story. There's more shit happening with this. And uh, I don't know if you've picked up some new stuff, but I certainly have, and I'd love to share it. And then uh, I, I have another unwritten rule I just want to unpack, a, a Major League Baseball unwritten rule. So uh, we'll be back in uh, just about a minute or so. Talk to you soon. Welcome back, Bonkers, and I uh, hope you had a good break. It, w- what we've got here is the Juiced Ball Conspiracy, and it went up another level. I was listening to Harold Reynolds the other night on uh, the MLB Network saying emphatically that he believes that the ball is juiced. There's no doubt. He was so pissed off watching hitters hit balls out to uh, opposite the opposite field, actually got in a in a, an argument with one of the other hosts about the difference between right center and right field uh, when a right-handed hitter hit the ball out. But he is absolutely convinced that the ball is juiced. I also heard um, on the MLB radio show on Sirius XM, they were talking about uh, the juiced ball, and they were talking about the number of blisters that pitchers are getting now. And the blisters are... Uh, going, it would just there's just an enormous amount of pitchers that are hitting the the DL. At first, they thought it was just the 10 day DL, but now they're saying that the blisters are real, and part of it is because the ball itself is more tightly wound, so the lacing actually sticks up higher. And what's interesting is, um, as crazy as this is, and as unprofessional and non MLB as we are. One of the discussions we'd had in one of the earlier episodes was about curveballs, and if the ball is actually juiced, what does it do to curveballs? And apparently, a ball that is more tightly wound, I think that there may certainly be something here. The ball themselves are made in, um, I think, Puerto Rico. I could be wrong on that. Uh, I think it's Puerto Rico. Uh, No one can get in the factory. It's locked down. And... Um, the other point was that Greg asked why we're not seeing this in the minor leagues. And what I found out was that the minor league baseballs are made in China and are not made to the same specification as the major league uh, balls that are being made in, I believe it's San Jose. Producer's note, the baseballs are made in a Rawlings factory in Tariabla, Costa Rica, they produce the balls used in all major league games in the United States. 
And the Costa Rican plant, located 60 kilometers east of the capital of San Jose, Costa Rica, produces about 1.8 million baseballs per year for the major leagues. We're having former players now that are starting to call us out. It's really reminiscent in my mind, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it, Jack and Joe, on uh, when we had the PED, when people started to come out and talk about PEDs in a very honest and open way, then you started to have former players talk about it. Then you had Hall of Famers talking about it. And this seems like this could blow up in Major League's face if they don't do something about it. I'd love to get your thoughts on it. According to David Price, it's something that they all openly talk about. Um, he has said outright that, uh, in fact, his comment was 100% um, and that they do uh, talk about it. USA Today actually interviewed a, a bunch of pitchers not too long ago, <clears throat> and many of them um, feel that it's the case, and um, they just say the ball feels different. Um, there's, uh, I, if, you, if you ask the pitchers, um, there's absolutely no question. So <laughs> with that combined, <laughs> combining that with the statistics, uh, which are um, that that you know by September we we may have broken the home run record um, this wow. year, um, and it's and it you know we talked about it a little bit last time. It's not all you know judge 500 foot shots, which are nice, but it's it's opposite field home runs. It's it's broken bat home runs. It's just it's <laughs> ridiculous shit that's going on right now. Yeah, you know the the seams being raised alone would. Uh, make for a better curveball. You know, you've, you've got more to push off against. And my question is, that it would seem to me that that would give a pitcher more control, not necessarily command of his pitch, but more control. So why aren't batting numbers down? I, I My understanding, and, and with some of the pitchers that were interviewed, are, they're saying that, that they're getting less movement. Um, oh, I thought Tim was saying it was curving. It is, it I, is yeah, curving more. The curveballs are going higher. What's happening curve, is that... Maybe it's, yeah, what's happening is when there's a mistake pitch, that mm-hmm. mistake pitch goes farther. So yeah, I get that, but yeah. if if they've got more control over where it goes, no, it, it curves it seem- more. I don't know that yes. it have better control over where the the fastball well, that's goes. That's command, though. Regardless, you know, a lot of these pitchers were, were interviewed. Ziegler, um, Brad Ziegler from the Marlins said that um, you know I don't I don't have anything to quantify it, but the balls just don't feel the same. It feels different to me, a little harder, a little tighter than in the past. Uh, I know there's something legitimate about the hitters going after certain launch angles and changing their approach, which we talked about as well. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's kind of a a combination. Uh, But at the same time, you watch the guys who have a lot of movement on their pitches and those balls aren't moving as much and they're being hit a long ways. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But consider this, the, 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 in, in 2000, the year 2000, the, peak of the uh, juiceless league um the um the, the real juiceless league uh 2.34 home runs per game they hit 5693 and um this year we're on pace to to eclipse 6000 so hundreds more than the most hit in the middle of the steroid era at the peak it's um something wow. do we going. care about that though I do. In what way? Well, I do mean, we care about it. It affects all teams the same way. It's not like PEDs 
some guys did it, some guys didn't. No, it just it uh, coming. I mean, it, uh, weren't you the one that that was talking about comparing history? That that would be yeah. the only point, really, right? Is you're changing but, the. But it's not like baseball hasn't done stuff like this before, like when they lowered the pitcher's mound. You know, fair enough. It, and you went through an era where nobody nobody could hit anybody, but everybody could tell that you lowered the pitcher's mound. I, I don't disagree right. with that. I think they should be open and upfront about it. And, if, and if they were. In that way, I'm sorry, Joe, go ahead. Well, that's okay. And in, in that way, I, I agree with you. You know, they, that could backfire big time because people like me will be pissed about it. If I, if I know it to be true and you didn't say anything, you know, I was, I was watching, uh, you know, the game, the game is constantly changing and, and you could argue that, that, batters aren't intimidated they all wear armor anymore you know I, I was watching the the thing on espn tonight about the 67 red sox and literally jim lonborg must have hit 10 guys in the head that season you know just directly throwing at their head and the guy just gets up and takes his base yeah i don't disagree with you on that um and uh it is interesting how obsessed you are with getting hit in the head by pitchers in the uh uh, uh, years uh, gone by, but um, you know, to me, I, what I don't like about this is I really am starting to get the sense that uh, that um, there has been a change that Major League Baseball is not being upfront with us. Uh, the fact that it affects every player does make a little bit of difference, right? So that the PEDs were it wasn't spread evenly throughout the the league. What you're saying is that you know the ball is spread evenly throughout the league. Well, and, to a point. To a point, mm -hmm. it um, it does. There's there's no question that it if it exists, um, that it benefits the hitters. So the pitchers don't agree that it's a balanced situation across right, the right, board. They right. feel quite the fucking opposite, <laughs> uh, and they're and they're the ones that are uh, that are yelling and screaming. And and they, you know, again, same same situation. The comment they uh, we just want to know if it's changed and 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 why. Um, you know, if there's a reason we want to know what it is, is, is essentially what they're saying. And I think, um, that's going to become a, a more and more popular question as we continue to see these guys fucking bash the fucking ball at a record rate. So let's, let's stay with, uh, major league baseball and, uh, talk about something that, uh, I have an issue with, and we've talked a little about unwritten rules, both in Major League Baseball and also in our Juices League. This one's about Major League Baseball in particular, and it's an honest question. I'm I'm asking the two of you, Godfather and Loki, uh, why on earth when a pitcher is pitching a no hitter, um, you get into the fourth and fifth and sixth inning, does the team not sit around the pitcher? And I've always heard that it's they don't want to mess with that pitcher. No one wants to say the wrong thing to that pitcher. However, the fact that no one says a goddamn thing leaves the pitcher to sit there and think about, I'm pitching a no-hitter. And I can't under I don't understand that other than baseball at its core is just a cruel, mean game, and it's all about beating people down mentally and physically. Give me something, guys. The simple answer is if if that really was a thing, if if, if that was a thing that that bothered pitchers, they could very easily break that just by walking over and sitting down next to some guy and starting a conversation with him, you know? So, so it, there must be something to the idea that they want to be able to sit there and focus. I, yeah, I, I do think it started it, 
as a, you know, it, it's an extremely superstitious sport, extremely, ridiculously. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, you know, you definitely, you don't want to be the, the one to mention a no-hitter. And it's not like they're. It's not like they don't acknowledge the fact that he's pitching a no hitter. You, you watch the one today that went into the ninth inning. The guy makes the diving catch that all no hitters in perfect games seem to have. Records the out, and the pitcher's like, "Yeah, you know, he's pointing at him, and he's all pumped up." And well, that, so so they're all aware of it. God, you know, like he's just sitting there staring at the backs of all his other teammates. And to your point, Joe, you know, he could just get up and start talking, but I've never seen that. So I haven't either, I, you know, and so maybe it is this power of superstition. I don't know. You know, there's another one where a player hits their first home run and they come back to the dugout and no one says anything. No one high fives them. No yeah. one high fives. <laughs> yeah, see, the, the first time that you saw that happen, it was hilarious. After that, it doesn't make sense to do it anymore. Yes. It's like this layer upon layer of it's like choreographed. And I, you know, I, I, I'm really kind of wondering if we just don't need a refresh here and that some of these things are just, they were great in the 1920s or the 1950s or the 1970s, but you know, we're 2017 now, like, shouldn't there be some new things going on? It just seems like some of these unwritten rules are just goofy. They are. Some veteran says, this is what we do and this is why we do it. Out of respect for his status, you follow along and then eventually you're that veteran and you don't want to screw it up for anybody else. So you teach the new rookie that. Yeah, it's a goofy, superstitious sport. They, you started as a kid and, and, and you just continue these things on. And, and you know, there's a lot of shit that, you know, when you step into it, doesn't fucking make sense. But when you're immersed in it over time and, and continuously, then all of a sudden these things make sense to you. From your perception, it's interesting to, to look at it from the way that you did, to, because I've never looked at it that way. I always looked at it from the the, uh, the view of the pitcher, which is don't fucking come near me. Don't fucking talk to me. Don't get in my fucking space. Don't be the one to fucking walk across. Don't don't be my black cat. Don't. <laughs> so it's interesting to... to so uh, wait, wait. You you are superstitious, but don't believe in luck. No, I'm not. I'm saying from the... I'm oh, just oh, looking oh, at okay. their point of view. I know they are because they're, they're baseball players and that's what they do. You, Joe, you talked about the futures game and that you were wondering about where all these 110-pound fireballers came from. I, I was amazed watching. It, it seemed like every single pitcher in that game was hitting 100 to 101, 102 miles per hour on the radar gun. You know, I, I question if that's the case or is there... Or... Is the radar gun just wrong? You know, that that also actually kind of plays into more home runs, too, because the harder they're throwing it, the harder it's going right back out again when they screw up. But I, I just can't believe all of a sudden all these, these 17, 18, and 19-year-old guys are, are hitting 100 miles an hour on the radar gun. It's all pre-elbow problems. <laughs> well, that's probably true. USA against the world. We won. <laughs> we it won. nothing at yes. one point. Yes, it was. it was. And and I was getting ready to say the guys, they obviously didn't think were the guys that should have been starting that game. Kind of the world team sort of made a comeback on them. Now, there were a couple of players that I think played the entire game. Uh, Devers, who's a Red Sox prospect. And uh, what's his name? The guy that uh, somebody texted a picture of and I made a comment about his hat. That was me. <laughs> who texted a picture of Vladimir, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Yeah. And he looks exactly like his dad, except beefier. Yeah. 
Um, and his he bats right handed, and his dad bat dad. Did Vladimir grow up bat left handed, or was he a switch hitter? Uh, switch. I think he was a switch I, hitter. One. Yeah. They were they were talking to him after the game, and and he made he I believe his uncle taught him to hit because his dad was always obviously playing the game. Right. And uh, they say he has more plate discipline than his father did, which I probably have more plate discipline than Vladimir Guerrero did, but he didn't need it. He did. No. Yeah. That guy hit more balls like pitched balls outside of the strike. zone for home runs than anyone I've ever seen. Yeah. This yeah, side was, of uh, Aaron judge. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> for Christ's sake. Well, to be fair, his strike zone is bigger than everybody else's too. True. You know, but you earlier talked, Joe, about feeling old and, um, you know, seeing Vladimir Guerrero's kid play in a in a uh, minor league baseball game really did make me feel kind of old. Imagine how, how I felt when Moises Alou was playing. Yep. So you're saying that the feeling of old that we're having now, you I've have... already experienced. <laughs> I'm on to the new, the next thing. You are the oldest of the crew, for sure. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But uh, Bo Bichette. Uh, yeah, that's the yeah that's yeah. the one that, that did it for me for for whatever reason. Um, the Dante Bichette was uh, from my hometown or or where I grew up anyway. Jupiter, me and uh, and LJ, um, the uh, owner of the Funkin' Punks, uh, along with my brother, I guess obviously. So three of us uh, grew up in uh, Jupiter, Florida, and um, I briefly went to the uh, the same school that uh, the Bichette had gone to high school. And uh, so, yeah, when I see Bichette, his, the elder like, Bichette, right? Yeah, Dante Bichette. Yeah, yeah, okay. Just yeah, want everybody up. to know. Yeah, he, yeah, his, <laughs> his old man and uh, and my old man actually knew each other, uh, Dante. So the the kid's grandfather, Jesus, we are old, and uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, they used to uh, they used to to refer to to Dante Bichette as Danny, little Danny. Um, I guess back in the day, I was younger than him, but um, like I said, my my old man hung out with his old man. So, um, yeah, the uh, the years keep it coming. There, there was another Gordon in the game as well. Tom, one of Tom Gordon's kids, he's brother. Oh my gosh, you're kidding me! No, Tom Gordon, man, he's just that. What what? That's just amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Well, they were they were talking about a little league team that um, this Gordon played for and his father and Dante Bichette coached here in Orlando. Imagine that being your, your coaching staff for your little, your kids, little league team. That's really, really good. So who, um, I'm trying to find the, uh, the box score. who, uh, was there anybody that stood out with the, uh, with the bat in the, uh, the futures game there? Well, a pitcher won the MVP award. So <laughs> the, 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 actually at one point, the, the U S team had nine hits by nine different players. So oh, really, yeah, probably look at the box score. It was Derek Fisher, I think. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I cannot find the box score for the futures game no. at all. It's, yeah. a, it's the best guess. They probably keep it in the same factory. They make the fucking baseballs in. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Either that or we're just fucking nerds. And the only people that give a shit what the fucking these kids are doing right now. But I, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't think that we're the only ones looking for it. That's the weirdest part. Point. Good point. Yeah, it is. Um, well, you know, at, at the very least, Scotty's looking for it somewhere. So yeah, he's he's very intentional about how he's built the team. I I still think even if he gets into the playoffs and doesn't really make a lot of damage, 
It doesn't create a lot of damage. He's going to be fine. He's going to be happy. In my opinion, he would not uh, sacrifice his team uh, for this year. Like, I, I do think he's disciplined in that way. For the astute balkers who have been paying attention, the pitching staff is is the king. I think we've all known that. I think we've all made aggressive moves, with the exception of Jack, to get higher in the pitching staff. Um, and, you know, Jack, I love you, but you didn't think you were getting this when you picked them at seven. You you thought they were good. You thought they were one of the best staffs. But this staff has been truly special this year. Um, right. And and that's a good thing. I mean, that's good on you, and I'm not trying no, to take I, anything yeah, away from I you. Had him, I had them third. I, I definitely, absolutely, positively would have made the mistake had I had the second pick of uh, beating the shit out of myself with the Cubs right now. So, um, But I did have them third. So, yeah, I expected them to be much better than seventh, but nobody could. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're this, I, I I mean, we've had some good staffs over the years, but this has been, I I haven't personally had a staff this good, this consistently for, for, for a season as as the Dodgers have been. And, and they weren't heralded. I mean, there were a lot of question marks in that. You basically drafted Kershaw is what you did. And uh, Jansen, right? They're, they're, they're closer. Well, and, and that's what I always think about with the Dodgers. The longer Kershaw goes into his career without having a significant injury, you just wonder how long he can do that. You know, I, I, my, my list looked considerably more like everyone else's, I guess, until I sat down and I did. And, and really what changed my list dramatically was the um, strikeouts to walks. And I, I did take the time to take each individual pitcher when back to last year and mm-hmm. and then took their averages and and that um just the the strikeouts to walks um raised the the Dodgers on my list from you know 7th or wherever everyone else had them to like I said top 3 um and it did the opposite with the Mets I ended up getting away from the Mets and the the Giants actually um after doing so so <clears throat> strikeouts had a lot to do with it they have a lot to do with the score in our league yeah, so so here's the deal. So I, I believe in luck, and and I know Jack. I'm not taking anything away from the work that you did uh, on on the work, but I I am one of those people that does believe in luck. And what I mean by that is, is that you are lucky that Kershaw didn't blow his elbow out or get hit by a a, a freak broken bat that went through his eyeball and he was out for the year. Like to to I mean Jeez. think about this so there there's there, no no there no, are a seriously. lot of intangibles the, the, in the game of baseball I don't, the word luck I don't know but there are there are so many intangibles it is so to, luck it is luck you talked about the game correcting itself so think about this 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 is going through the interwebs recently so uh and it talks about the the fact that the 1970 Buffalo Bills holding the keys to preventing Kim Kardashian from ever happening so the Buffalo Bills barely lost a game in 1970 by missing a bad pass for a touchdown. That loss allowed them to get the first pick in the draft, O.J. Simpson. O.J. stays in Buffalo for a while, meets his wife, then allegedly kills her, then hiring Kardashian's father to be his lawyer. They win the case, making the Kardashians somewhat famous, then Kim drops the sex tape and becomes famous. I guess you could use different words. I I mean, I guess it depends on, on, I don't know, I think that, that, it it's co- odd coincidences that you know. So is coincidence luck? Is is that the same 
Well, it depends on what's a coincidence. Is a coincidence, uh, you know, uh, me getting hit by a fucking dump truck twice in one year? Then yeah, that's fucking bad luck, right? Uh, How'd you survive the first one? You could say no. Jack literally did get hit by yeah. Um, That's why I use that. But you know, you you also so the fact the matter is is that you at the time you were living in South Florida, which was going through a building boom, so there were more dump trucks per capita tooling around the roads, but still. Right. You know, maybe your chance of one in a million or, or one in 500,000, it's still bad luck that you got hit twice uh, by a dump truck, uh, unless you were purposely skirting in front of them. Um, you know, uh, to me, there's definitely so- wasn't good luck. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, uh, just the, 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 the lucky coincidence of my birth, uh, the fact that I'm blessed with great friends like you guys, that, um, not necessarily that I don't deserve it or that you don't deserve my friendship because I really care about every one of you. But the idea that we would somehow meet, um, you know, to me seems to be luck, um, you know, and get past bad first impressions like Joe had of me being a fucking punk ass drug dealer for some strange reason, even though I was completely, you know, innocent. Answering a pager on a Sunday will do that too. Uh, pager. What the fuck is a pager, Joe? This is 2017. God damn it. Are you denying you had a pager? I had a pager. <laughs> we all had pagers. We all had pagers. And I, I may or may not have been talking about a drug deal at that time. However, <laughs> you will never know. Did it have star zero zero after the number? <laughs> <laughs> he looked at it like this. <laughs> I know nothing. Putting my hand over the... Well, the loquacious GCC is back. Welcome back. Uh, we're about to close. Do you want anything to add anything? No, I can't wait to hear what I missed. It sounds like quite a, quite a lively conversation. <laughs> it's probably one of the most boring segments of, of, the, oh. of the 17. We may have set a new record. We did. Yes. I, oh. actually, I actually dared someone to let me know that they were listening at this point, and I would give them a $25 uh, gift certificates to 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 Chipotle. Chipotle, Chipotle. delicious Chipotle, delicious. To, if they, yeah. So we're not, we don't, we're not included. Greg. We can't win, unfortunately. He oh, I was say. just going to go set up a fake account and download yeah, it on a different device. Oh, I think it's going to be OJ. The league. It was, <laughs> was his. Uh... Well, OJ's the one who's going to claim that prize. You know. How and the he's gonna, fuck? And he's going to mix looking for the killer. Guys, how yeah. the fuck am I going to mix this fucking show? That's 123 minutes and 57 seconds of bullshit. And that was after Greg left. Right. We ended up going, yeah, over 20 minutes anyway, and, and it was completely fucking worthless. <laughs> Dude, we, sh- we should cut it just for the value nuggets. to the league. Like, the league should fucking pay uh, a fee to listen to that segment. As boring as it was, we just fucking uh, opened up the fucking secret to... At least, well, how many World Series appearances between you, Jack? It's been just in the juice list, not not overall. You've been in the World Series five times? Four. Four sounds right. Four. I've been in it four. It's got to be more than that. So that's well, maybe. I, that's I, usually, I usually win when I'm in it. I, I, um, <laughs> I don't think I... No, seriously. Well, when I don't, I, I'm sorry. When I don't win, I usually don't make it. How about that? I'm usually so bad when I'm not in the championship. 
Jack. When I do make the championship, <laughs> I'm in the championship 100% of the time. Cute Jack uh, telling Joe, reminding Joe how many times he's lost the championship. I, I, one, I'm usually the first one who brings that up. Three. Yeah, I, 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 dude, what I love about Jack this year is he is putting two middle fingers up in the face of all fantasy baseball gods for the last three episodes. Like, just fuck you. I'm going to talk shit. I don't give a fuck. Fine, take Trey Turner. I don't fucking care. I'll win again. Like, Jack's swagger this year is unprecedented. Jack swagger. It's, dude, Jack's swagger is fucking that unprecedented. Was the name this band had a lot of fucking names Uh, but seriously like like you mean you've always been maybe i don't know maybe you're just always trying to trade with me so i don't hear the swagger maybe mikey hears the swagger i don't know but this has been fucking awesome dude you've been balling like just i like uh yeah like you're king next week jack we have definitely in in the past we have um we yeah it's a um it's a research piece. I'm, I'm trying to actually disprove the existence of the fantasy god. I dare the fantasy gods to take Clayton Kershaw. Dude, you can't be that out. I fucking went through curses last week. Oh, you weren't on the call. No, wait. Was the curse last week or the week before? It was the no, week before. So you so. heard me. There's a fucking way to go about cursing, Joe. I know. Yeah, you can't just... I mean, I, I know that Jack and I are so Italian mean. and you're Portuguese and that there's a little difference there, but fuck, dude. Mm. Like, there's got to be some Portuguese curse uh, protocol, right? I Who knows? Well, you've got, but you've got Italian blood, don't you? I do. Yeah. I'm a mutt. Yeah. Okay. In a jar on a shelf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. There, there are no jarred Italian sauces in this house. <laughs> They have to be. They have to be homemade. Well, you know, Prego tastes like it's homemade. <laughs> Maybe you. Yeah, it does. I'm Irish. What do I know about that? I think that Chef Boyardee is a good guy. I have my mother's spaghetti sauce recipe that she hand wrote for me when I went off to college. Did you make it once? <laughs> Once a month, maybe. Did it involve an herb? No, I I never I never put special herbs in it. I guess it would have been pretty hard to get in Kansas back in the. Um, 80s. it it grows in ditches out there. Oh. The army hmm. used to plant it for hemp. In ditches, it's wild. Wait, 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 it's called ditch weed. <laughs> 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 Actually, that was the name of my band. <laughs> I think you guys have been smoking a little ditch weed. Wait, wait, wait. Actually, I don't think the THC content of ditch weed is very high at this point either. We talk about Jeter, douche or hero. We talk about McCartney or Lennon, if you know who they are. Lennon. <laughs> and... Now it's, do you believe in luck or not? I mean, here's the problem. We keep coming up with these great ideas for interviews, and we haven't interviewed a fucking person in that's like five weeks, guys. Mm, that's true. So, that look. Get your assistant to uh, to work on that. In this case, my assistant is a three of you. You need to get me a fucking interview. I do everything else. Mm. So I would really appreciate whomever 
I don't care. Get the hairdresser that just did Carly's hair, Greg. I don't mm-hmm. care. But let's get someone else on this call before we get too inbred and our jokes all sound like the fucking, who's the podcast that does, uh, his podcast is fucking horrible. Razzball. Dude, if you got, if you want to feel good about what we fucking do here, since I'm guaranteeing you that no one else but the four of us are listening at this point in the podcast, go listen to the <laughs> Razzball. they're eating delicious Chipotle if they are. <laughs> Dude, seriously, like, someone, I will fucking gladly, I will... I I can't fly to give it to you, but I gladly will overnight it to you. It, listen to that. That podcast is so fucking annoying. Razzball. Razzball. And it's just two guys, and they think they're so goddamn funny, and I'm terrified that we turn into them. So we need, <laughs> gentlemen, we need, we need to do an interview. Look, the Godfather has come through. He's put several people on. Greg, you, you, you did get us mm-hmm. the scout. Um, which we can always go back, although he turned us down the second time. That wasn't lost on me. Well, um, with like a few hours notice. Well, fuck, man. There's commitment, and then there's commitment. And then yeah. uh, Joe, dude. How about those hot nieces of Joe? I'd like to oh, interview, though. dude. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Joe, can you make that happen? I, I may I need to think they like me that screen much. them. <laughs> To subject them <laughs> to a fucking Skype call with these four mm. bastards? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I'll, I'll that scream would, oh, that would be hilarious for me. Well, guys. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chipotle, I'm telling you, man. Fucking Chipotle. We'll see now. I've been getting some DMs, but, you know, we'll see who the fucking hardcore is. I was actually yeah. listening to um, a podcast about this gentleman who writes a newsletter about podcasts, and iTunes is going to start publishing data. Um, and one of the things they're going to talk about is um, how long someone's listens to your podcast. And I fucking froze like, oh, shit. Like, how long does someone <laughs> listen to our fucking we lead with fucking the most boring stats ever. Right. Yeah. So like it's like, all right. So we lose 90 percent of our people in the first 10 minutes because Tim's just fucking talking bullshit. I don't understand. And the best shit that we have, like the best shit happens like an hour Fucking one, uh, just like between like 50 minutes and an hour and 10 minutes. If you listen to our podcast and you just listen to that, it's like watching an NBA game for the last two minutes. It's the antithesis of Saturday Night Live. We lead off with the worst skits. (laughs) We do. We save the best skits for uh, 10 to 1. (laughs) Okay, guys, I'm making a bold prediction. I will get us a guest for next week. I don't know who. I really don't know who. Uh, but I will have a guest for next week. You heard it here first mm-hmm. while you're eating your delicious Jack, who do you play this bowl. week? I'm curious. <laughs> who, who's your next victim? I, I you don't, don't even know. look. He doesn't do care. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I stopped looking weeks ago, Greg. It doesn't matter who I'm going to play. I'm competing against history now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. Uh, guys, I am truly blessed, seriously, with your friendship. Thank you. I'm so grateful. I love you guys. I hope you have a great night. Um, and uh, I know it's late out there, Jack. I'm sorry you had to stay on this long, but I thank you for fighting through it. Um, and I hope you get that air conditioning fixed. Um, 
Oh, and it is Joe, no offense, I'm blocking you from midnight till 7 a.m. perpetually. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. I am not, by the way, because I freaking love those conversations. So, so do I. I'm kidding. Of course. <laughs> Your nieces, on the other hand, make sure they have free ring. <laughs> Producing. From listening to records, I just knew what to do. I mainly taught myself. And, you know, I did pretty well, except there were a few mistakes but, uh, that I made that uh, I have just recently cleared up. You know. I'd like to just continue to be able to express myself as best as I can in history. And I feel like I have a lot of work to do. Still, you know, I'm a student of the drums, and I'm also a teacher of the drums, too. You know? <laughs>
Music's coming through. 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 